0: Father, we're grateful for your word, we're grateful for these talented people that you put in our lives, and for their creativity, and for the energy and the time you give them to bless us, we're grateful, and in your name we pray, amen. Good morning! So how did how did last week go? Everybody have a good week? The uh, I have been, you know, when you when When I get the that opportunity to, to teach um I just take that as a huge responsibility, and I so enjoy i learn so much um I think anytime you teach you you, you just learn a ton and this week was um particularly um meaningful to me as I try to understand um, my behavior so we're working on this you know what does it look like to be a contagious believer and last week we were we're really talking about humility and, and what that looks like. And today, we're going to talk about, hopefully, David, you're going to have to help me. Our, our high tech is not taking, there we go. So when I click this, can you just in your brain? <laughs> okay. Uh, and, and I apologize to, I'm, I'm left-handed, so I have a tendency to always look left instead of right, so I'll try and focus over here today. Um, everything starts with this question, who do you, who do you say I am? And I, lo- I love to keep um, coming back to that. Who do you say that I am? That's, at some point, that, if that compass is spinning around for you, uh, it gets really hard to get started on this journey. And you have to answer that question. And it's, um, it's important. So are you ready to start the j- journey to true north? For me, that was to make that sold-out commitment, saved as a, a young man in the, in the church, and, and then having to make a decision of whether I was going to have a foot in both worlds as I got through college and, and met my wife and had to make this decision, am, am I all in or not? And that was a really important decision for me, and it's made a huge difference, and it just started the journey. Remember last week we talked about the dimmer switch? Oh, I feel like, I just feel like the dimmer switch just keeps coming up as the Lord reveals more truth. And today, this, this attitude, you know, I've heard these cliches, you know, attitude is everything, but I didn't really understand fully um, what, what that means and how God wired us. And so we're going to dig into that a little bit. So attitude by definition in, in Webster's is, you know, a settled way of thinking or feeling about someone or something, typically one that is reflected in a person's behavior. We're going to dive into that definition. And, and then Romans informs that, that we're, we're not to be conformed to the pattern of this world but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, that you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. But we have to not only renew our minds, we have to renew our attitude, and your attitude is made up of more than just your mind, it's also your feeling, and it's past behavior that you've been immersed in in your environment that's going to impact that, and we don't realize it. You know, I didn't fully realize that. So. David? Ah, it's working. Thank you. All right, so I went. Uh, who, who knows about Khan Academy in here? Anybody know about Khan Academy? Yes, yes. Everyone's like, who knows about Khan So my son homeschooled, and he taught himself all kinds of stuff on Khan Academy. So I, that's a, I love to go there. They have a preparation for the MCAT. So if you want to dig into this stuff when you get home, you can go to Khan Academy. And if you were preparing for the MCAT, this is some of the information you would find. Um, I've found Khan Academy to be pretty reliable uh from a secular standpoint, just academically. And so I although it's not always tied in with what God's doing, um, I think we can see the parallels. So uh this is this is important. So these are the this is called the the three components, the ABC model of attitude. And so uh it's called effective, behavioral, and cognitive. So the effective is how we feel. And and the, they, they give this example of, OK, I'm scared of spiders. So if you're scared of spiders, it's going to impact your attitude towards spiders. I'm not scared of spiders. I actually, you know, I'll pick a tarantula up and play with it. I does not bother me. Some people are scared of snakes. You can't even talk about a snake. You know, if they get the copperhead in their backyard, they're, you know, they're on next door and the world's ending. <laughs> so um, and then I'm going to drop down to cognitive. I believe spiders are dangerous. So your belief system and your, and your feelings will now impact your behavior. So your behavior is, I'm going to avoid spiders, and I'm going to scream if I see one. So that behavior is a function of your belief system and your feelings. And they, they, sometimes we're aware of what's formed that belief system. It may or may not be founded. Um, there are some really scary examples of children growing up in cults. And because this behavior thing can work backwards, because they have been surrounded by behaviors that are, are, we know are not healthy, but for them it was every day. And so that behavior around them impacted their attitude and therefore their behavior, and they think it's normal. And they have to be come out of that and, and, and be immersed in, and basically freed from, from that. So our kids are in environments at school where things that we know are not biblical or not healthy for them. Um, and so we have to build them up so that they can, they have their own belief system that's rock solid, their own feelings that are rock solid, so they're not as influenced by all the behaviors that are going on around them. This one is particularly uh, important, this concept of events happen. And for me, when I, I've learned, I, I used to get really upset when um, I, I would interact, I would intersect somebody's life and they would just let me have it. And in, in the development world, you, you, in a public world, you, that happens a lot. And um, it used to bother me, I'd take it personally. And, and now what I've learned is that events happen to all of us. And those events, those traumas, sometimes uh, start to change our attitude about things, and and our knowledge. If you here's a you know if you lost a loved one to lung disease because they smoked, uh, and then you got a lot of knowledge that the that the tobacco companies, you know, really seriously manipulated with marketing and other things to get them addicted to make money, you would have a really bad attitude about tobacco companies, which which I do. You know, I'm just have a bad attitude about it. So. Um, that attitude affects my behavior. I can get probably overreact in that way a little bit. Uh, I can remember in college I got hazed at a, at a really bad one night. It was bad. It was at, at UT, and I didn't know what I was getting into, and it was all night. And I got through it, but man, I, t- I didn't want to have anything to do with those guys after that. And I kind of forgot about it, and then I was working in Houston, and. I was in a, a club, you know, at Thursday night, young, single. We went out to the bar to have a cocktail after work. And um, the guy that hazed me the worst just walked by, and I went into a rage and threw my drink in his face. And that is not me. <clears throat> and he kind of spun around, and he's like, dude, what's up? You know, and, and I said, do you remember that night? You know, and, and uh, he was like, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, that was wrong. And, and uh, it, you know, kind of, I was surprised that I could do that. That is not my nature. Uh, I promise, it's not my nature. Um, but So I overreacted to that situation. Um, when, when I was having issues with my son, and I was so shocked at some of the behaviors I was dealing with and some of the words coming out of his mouth, uh, my pride in me and my family, and we talked about this <laughs> last week, I overreacted as a parent to that. I took it personal. And what I didn't realize was that um, his, what he was lashing out at to me had to do with events that happened in his life that wounded him. Had nothing to do with me or our family or it wasn't a condemnation of our value system. It was just his experience through his life and his woundedness and his um, things that he was working through. So uh, there are also positive events, right? As, you, dimmer, as your dimmer switch comes up, and why I'm so excited about sharing the gospel with people, because I, man, I'm, I, I'm experiencing it. I, I've seen so many lives change. I've seen families healed. It's not easy, but I, I know without a doubt that, that Christ's life and example, if we emulate him, is is going to be good for generations for the families that connect to that. I don't have any doubt about that. I experience that on a daily basis. So my heart goes out constantly of wanting to share what what I'm experiencing as my dimmer switch is coming up. And I know I got you know, I'm going to retire at 104, so I got 50 years left of this stuff. You guys are, man, we're going to teach on attitude every every year for 50 years. Um, So when you when you intersect people whose attitudes and knowledge about a particular topic seem a little askew, it's usually tied to some event in their life or an environment that they grew up in. Um, that's really that's really hard. Um, I, I had a and I've changed the name to protect the innocent, but you know, one time there was a, a, someone walking their dogs, and it's my nature to stop and say hi to people. So I pull over, and I, they were cute dogs, and I'm talking nice to the dogs and the people and this person, and it was great. And, um, and then they found out I was the developer. And it was like, phew, you know, all the sweetness went away, and it was just anger. And it was anger about the way I designed the streets and the parking situation. In here. And, and I, I know, it's my theory, right? And, and, and then the poisoning the dogs, you know, we're poisoning the dogs. Well, we, we put pre-emergent down on the grass. And I, I honestly don't know. I don't think that's bad for the dogs, but I'm not educated on pre emergence. And I would think in today's world they're, they're good. But the point is that that anger that I saw, I used to take that kind of thing personally, but now I know something happened. You know, something happened. There's s- somehow, when her dog got sick and got cancer, and, and Lord knows the environment impacts that. And it very well may be that the, the pre emergence is doing it. Um, so I've, I've learned to be more empathetic uh, with people. The more Christ-like we are, the more understanding uh, we are, um, because we know people have had traumas in their life. They've had things that hurt. And, and the knowledge may, may not be valuable knowledge. So I, I, it's just a, you know, this attitude thing is a big deal. It gets in the way of a successful life. There was a Harvard women's study, and I've got a couple of slides on this, and they studied this group of women over 15 years, and it was really interesting what they, what they found is that if you look forward to next week, if you feel younger than your age, if you have a sense of purpose, uh, you've done a ton to reduce the risk of degenerative disease and you may be adding years to your life. Okay, well, We know that from Scripture already. If you read all over, Scripture is embedded places where if you grab on to God's wisdom, that wisdom that gives you a peace that defies all understanding, um, He will give you long life. Now, science just observes what God did, and then they write a book about it, and it's on the New York Times bestseller list, and they make a lot of money. But God did it. They didn't do it. They just observe it. So I love science. I love when science observes what God did, and shout from the hallelujah, you know, they discovered something cool that God did, whether it's how the brain works or whatever. So we know empirically that if you want to reduce the risk of heart disease, then be enthusiastic and hopeful about life. It matters. Our attitude impacts our physical well-being and how many years we're going to be on this planet. Um, So it's, you know, the environment we live in matters. I love this voice, this verse, Philippians 4. This is a life verse for me. Um, rejoice in the Lord always, and I say it again, rejoice. There's a great song about that when I was a kid growing up. Um, Let your gentleness, there's there's that, you know, there's that crazy thing, gentleness, tenderness. Let your gentleness be evident to all, um, even in the face of criticism. One of our core values at the company we have talked about before is calm and candid when challenged. I don't know all the other core values, but I know that one because that's the hardest. You know, we all know that one. Uh, The Lord is near. Now, we're commanded to not be anxious about anything. It is possible over time, I believe, to have the very nature inside us that we don't fret. That's possible. That's a goal. That's that dimmer switch. The more we learn about God, the more we trust him that we can be anxious for nothing. But in every situation, and he tells us how with prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, there's that attitude of thanksgiving. You know, um, Present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. There's that feeling and cognitive. Remember this slide? If you get your heart and your mind right in Jesus... He knows your behavior is going to be right, and and your life will be healthier, and longer. This was this is old stuff, right? This this isn't new Harvard study. This is, you know, this is old ancient wisdom. We haven't changed. And then I love I love Maya Angelou. What a what a gift she was to the world. I've learned that people will forget what you said, and they'll forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Never forget how you made him feel. You may never remember um, anything we teach up here, but if you walk out of here feeling full of the love of the Lord, with without judgment, just encouragement, um, then man, we you know, we're, we're we're walking in the Lord's will for our lives. This is just some more, just to give you, if you if you want to dig in on this, uh, they had six thousand participants. Uh, and they, they found that walking speed and the ability to lift at least 10 pounds was significantly better than their less positive counterparts. So I, again, I've, I've, you know, there's the, the scriptures talk about this and it's so important that we understand. I, I just like this picture, so I put it in there. Uh, mind, vibes, and life, stay positive. Um, Billy Graham said, it's not the body's posture, but the heart's attitude that counts when we pray. Where's our heart? Uh, F.F. Bruce, he's gone now. He was a great theologian. Persistence in prayer for someone whom we don't like, however much it goes against the grain to begin with, brings about a remarkable change in attitude. So, Through praying for someone who we don't like, that it begins to soften how we feel about them. And it begins to change our knowledge of that person because we're we're pouring in and praying for them. And it requires a level of obedience and discipline. Um, and it's hard for me. It's hard for me. I, I don't always do it well. This was very convicting for me this week as, as I start to challenge my own feelings and attitudes about my own woundedness. You know, the... The, the times that things didn't go well. Um, and, I, and I believe, again, human nature hasn't changed in, in 3,000 years. I love this Colossians. We're, we're to be rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness in Galatians. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is a positive attitude right there, Right? So, we have been given a gift. One of the things you don't see on that slide from Harvard or from Khan Academy is the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we're capable of a life where the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self control. Now, where that intersects having to make tough decisions about how you love your kids, sometimes no is a loving thing. Sometimes I'm sorry. Um, you can't work here anymore. Uh, we, you know, we sometimes we make changes in our companies, and we, you know, the Lord has a different plan. Don't get in the way of the Lord's plan. Really hard to discern that if you're in leadership. Very difficult. So um, the goal is for us as believers, contagious believers, to be perceived, and and for people to see evidence of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. If you're if, if, if that's the goal, and I don't think we ever fully arrived there, but more peace, more patience. From wherever we are, wherever the dimmer switch is, the goal is to progress along those lines. So how do we start? How do we change? Um, number one, we've got to evaluate the environment that shaped your attitude in the first place. We all have a different story. We, we all grew up with... Um, different experiences in the church or maybe no church at all. Uh, so we do a lot of inner city ministry. So I'm constantly, you can imagine, um, in, in, in poverty across all segments of the population, in, in, in poverty um, there, there's some knowledge and feelings and woundedness that impacts behaviors that traps people in poverty, just traps them in poverty. And they're crying out to get out, but they don't know how. The, the behavior um, of of the environment they're in is is so skewed that they can't get a they can't hold a job, you know, because in their environment the language, um, the the way they dress, how often they bathe, you know, just a lot of those things, just basic things that we take for granted. They're in an environment where that doesn't happen. I walk into apartments uh, to pick kids up to take them to wrestling and we can't find their shoes, and so the mom invites us in, and, and it's, it's, it's just there's just a pile of clothes, and we just start digging around until we find the shoes. Those kids grow up in that every day. Okay? And I don't judge the mom, because what was her event and experience? She's overwhelmed. She's got a lot of kids um, and no money and no help, and finally they just kind of give up, and they go get new stuff and pile it on top of the piles that are there. That's what I'm talking about in environment. So we all come from an environment. It might have been healthy or not. Our knowledge of where we came from may or may not be accurate. You can change. God, the Holy Spirit, can reveal to you truth. I have no idea where you're at. Only you know. Okay? But it's worth investigating. Challenge those knowledge. Challenge those things that you deem to be true. God doesn't mind asking questions it's true, it'll withstand all the scrutiny you give it. I tell my kids all the time, I, I'm, I'm not upset at where you are in your journey. I wished you were further along, but I'm not upset, because I know you're seeking. I know you're asking questions. I know you're challenging your belief systems. It's good. It's good, because if you dig in and seek God, he promises he'll find them. I can rest assured. I don't have to worry about my kids. I have to make sure they're seeking him. As long as I know they're seeking him, I may be gone before they figure it out, But I can go to heaven with God and be with Him knowing that my kids are okay. They're going to be okay. And I claim that. So, this friend I had lunch with last week, um, I got to baptize him uh, four years ago. And, you know, he's stuck in the culture and it's, it's a problem. He's getting ready to be homeless. And he keeps reaching out for help. And after all these years, I finally had to sit down with him and say, You are immersed in. A situation and behaviors around you that are not healthy for you. And unless you're willing to, that compass that's spinning around, unless you're willing to do a 180 and let go of all of it and start over and trust somebody, trust somebody to help you make that change, um, this is just a pattern for you. You're just never going to get out of it. So you think about those things that we struggle with. You know, what's, what's our environment that maybe we've been in uh, that's impacting our attitude. I, to me, that's the most exciting thing. No matter where you're at, no matter what, what situation's going on in, in your household, you can claim patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. You can do it. it. You just have to change two things. You have to change your knowledge about whatever it is you struggle with and, and your feelings. You've you, you got, you got to go. For me, how I change my feelings, these are my tools. Now, everyone's different, so we're all wired different. So be careful, okay? Don't walk out of here because your tools are different than my tools. That would break my heart if you walk out of here. Man, I wish I had those tools. You're, everyone's different. So what works for you, um, uh, you have to find that for yourself. So uh, for me, it's worship. When I want to change my feelings about something, headphones, and I have my favorite playlist, and even better if I can get on my bike and get out on the trail, And man, I'm a different guy when I come out of the cave and I've had my headphones on. Uh, For Carrie, same way. You know, with Carrie, it's Rudolph. Every time she gets into worship mode, she starts crying. Her nose turns red. We call her Rudolph. Rudolph's here. It's true. You've seen it. Her nose will turn red first. We're like, oh no. You know, (laughs) here it comes. Uh, So being disciplined to worship, even when I don't feel like it. Now, I've learned that discipline. So when I'm really hurting, uh, or I've got, a, I've got a bad attitude about whatever. Um, headphones, worship, time with the Lord. And I'll, I, it starts to change my feelings about that. Um, and then what do you use to change the cognitive? What do you use to change the cognitive? Well, God's Word's number one for that. However you dig into Bible study. Now, I, over the years for me, I just keep collecting um, relationships. Of people that pour into me, and what a blessing that is! And everyone here, you know, uh, we're we're here to pour into each other. We're just another tool in the toolbox to pour into each other, to help each other along, to change our belief system and our attitudes, so that our behavior can change, and we can have everything God wanted for us—a full life that God wanted for us. So for me, you know, how do I get my dimmer switch up? Cave time. I, I love to, to watch sermons online, but we've got more content you could ever imagine. And it's good. It's good. I found the Billy Graham. Holy smokes, I found Billy Graham on Cirrus. And I can't preach like Billy Graham. I'm sorry. Okay? But, the, man, he's good. And it's always so simple, which is good for me. And he's so powerful and exciting. So we did a road trip to Austin. Man, it's Billy Graham all the way down there. I just bathe in Billy Graham. And, and because he was so connected to the Holy Spirit. And what I love about Billy Graham is he ended well. You know, he made it. He made it. No scandals. You know you know how rare that is? Because, man, the enemy's after us. You know, the more influence we have in the world, the more the enemy wants to make us fall. No Me Too movement Billy Graham. We haven't heard anything like that. I think he was particularly careful about that. Thank you, Lord, for Billy Graham. There's hope. It gives me hope. Um, time in the word Bible study. Carrie, Carrie's great. She'll share what she learned. She's, this morning with her mom, she was praying and digging in, and she'll send me new worship songs, and Chloe's sending me stuff, and Dave's sending me stuff now, you know, I've got all these. Um, uh, C12 group. I'm in a Christian business organization development. been in there 10 years. They're my board of directors. Those guys just pour into me. Hold me accountable. Monday devo's at work, and then all these cool people that are in our company. And they're sharing with me constantly what they're learning. And we just got a new guy coming, and TJ loves the Lord, and he's all excited to teach me his stuff. He teaches newly and nearly married classes. 18 months, that's what he does. So I'm like, mm, you know, I'm not newly married, but I'll take some of that. Where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Number one, that's how we do it. Whether you're at home together whether you're hanging out together. Um, and, and then, closing thoughts. I love this guy. He's going to be on every closing thought slide. Because <laughs> that's how I view myself. I'm just learning. Man, I'm just, I'm sitting there and that's how I feel. That's how I feel inside. And I'm just this little kid who's just learning and figuring it out. And I'm so grateful that I get to learn with you and I get to share what, what I'm learning. Um, And so, you know, what kind of behavior does the Lord want us to have? He wants us to act justly, to to love mercy, and to walk humbly with him. That's, That's what he wants. We're created to be like Christ. He's our organizing principle that transforms our attitude and thus our life. What we believe, how we feel, impacts our attitude. That impacts our behavior. And that changes our life. It's it's you know, and all the scientists have observed how God created us. Now we know. Now we know it's not, you know, the hard part is deciding who do you say I am? And am I gonna quit letting that compass spin and and am I gonna be all in and, and chase after God? It's good. I know it's good. so thankful for how you wired us. And you know what? We're incredibly thankful for science and these experts that observe how cool everything is that you've created. We're amazed at your wisdom and your word. Father, we just pray that you give us an attitude, help us develop behaviors and knowledge that allow us to be Uh, gentle and lose the anger lose the A-type personality we can change that Father we need your help and we thank you for the one thing that the experts haven't observed and that is the power of the Holy Spirit that real gift that you gave us when you left behind that has changed the face of the earth to the point where they reset time at your birth that power of the Holy Spirit Father we claim that And we're grateful for that. And we're praying that, speaking that over our children and our families for the generations to come. And in your name.